The VPM Daily Newscast is sponsored by Kanawa Capital Management. Your financial life is unique, complex, and dynamic. Kanawa Capital Management's team of credentialed professionals has been helping its clients build wealth and confidence through personalized planning and informed investing since 1989. Learn more at cancap.com. That's K-A-N-C-A-P.com. You're listening to the VPM Daily Newscast, the recap of today's top stories in Central Virginia. From the VPM Newsroom in Richmond, I'm Benjamin Dolly. In light of the U.S. Supreme Court overturning Roe v. Wade last week, we're revisiting a conversation VPM News reporter Megan Pauley had with Daniel Williams, a professor at the University of West Georgia. They discussed what the abortion debate has historically looked like in Virginia. First of all, how did Virginia fit into the national landscape regarding the abortion debate prior to Roe v. Wade? Virginia, I think, fits into the pattern of the South at large in that before Roe v. Wade, it was moderately supportive of expanded access to abortion. So starting in 1967, a number of states began liberalizing their abortion laws to allow for abortion uh, in cases of of rape and incest, dangerous to a woman's health, or suspected fetal deformity, in addition to dangerous to uh, a woman's life. And and before 1967, most states in the country, in fact, nearly all states in the country, had had restrictive abortion laws that would allow abortion only in cases when a a woman's life was in danger. At the time, abortion was not primarily seen as a woman's rights issue. It was primarily seen as as a medical issue and also as as a social health issue. The idea was that the restrictive abortion laws contributed to the number of dangerous illegal abortions. Virginia did legalize therapeutic abortion for some limited medically necessary cases in 1970. Was it a close vote? And was this law in line with other state laws passed around that time? It joined other southern states, including North Carolina, which had passed a similar bill in 1967, Georgia, uh, which had passed a similar bill in 1968, South Carolina and Arkansas, both of which passed laws in, in 1969 and 1970. So Virginia was part of that trend. It was moderately controversial. Uh, the vote, I think, was about 58 to 31 in, in the uh, Virginia House of Delegates. And the the opposition came very heavily from Catholics. Catholics, of course, were not the majority in Virginia, but but Virginia did have a, a substantial number uh, of Catholics compared to some states in the Deep South. Virginia actually had a, a pro-life organization formed earlier than most Southern states did. It, the, the first Virginia pro-life organization that I could find that was a statewide pro-life organization was formed in 1967. I know some Virginia lawmakers initially refused to update the state's abortion law following Roe v. Wade. Was pushback to the ruling from other states common at that time? Yes, that's right. Virginia did decide to vote down uh, a bill that would have complied with Roe. And so I, I think there was a lot of pushback to to complying with Roe. In general, Roe was unpopular in the South. No Southern state had approved the legalization of elective abortions, unlike, say, New York and Washington State and, and Alaska and Hawaii, which had done so before Roe. But there was a growing opposition among Southern states that had legalized therapeutic abortion in 1973 to the legalization of elective abortion. There was the belief in those states that while some abortion should be should be allowed, that the Supreme Court had gone too far 
and that those states felt they did not need to comply with the Supreme Court ruling and did so only when either a court or a state attorney general required them to comply. If Roe v. Wade is overturned by the Supreme Court, what do you think that will mean for Virginians? All abortion clinics in Virginia, as far as I know, will still legally be permitted to operate. Virginia, unlike some southern states, has not passed a trigger law that would make abortion more restrictive after Roe. So a trigger law is a law that says if the Supreme Court overturns Roe, our abortion policy will be this. Usually those trigger laws say illegal in all cases except to save the life of a woman. So Louisiana, for example, has a trigger law. Um, next month, if the Supreme Court rules as expected that you know Roe is struck down, immediately, you know, that very hour, abortion will be illegal in Louisiana. The number of abortions performed in, in Virginia would, pro- would almost certainly go up because it would be bordering some states with more restrictive abortion policies, or at least not not be far from states with with severely restricted abortion policies. So one can easily imagine women from, say, Alabama or Tennessee driving to Roanoke or other places that have an abortion clinic and obtaining an abortion in Virginia. And so my guess is that that abortion, therefore, would become a more hotly debated topic in Virginia because Virginia's policy on abortion would not be perfectly in line with that of either Republicans or Democrats today. That was VPM News reporter Megan Pauley speaking with Daniel Williams, a University of West Georgia professor who studies American religion and politics. He's the author of two books, God's Own Party, The Making of the Christian Right, and Defenders of the Unborn, The Pro-Life Movement Before Roe v. Wade. This has been the VPM Daily Newscast. You can stay connected to what matters by heading to vpm.org news or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at MyVPM. VPM. There are so many issues playing out in RVA. I mean, pretty much anyone will tell you. There's definitely a lot of poverty. Finding affordable housing. Traffic, public transportation. Climate change and heat islands. Trying to find childcare in Richmond area. I'm Rich Marr, host of a new VPM podcast called RVA's Got Issues. Listen to the podcast starting May 22nd. Do you have issues with RVA? Haven't found out yet. (laughs) Okay, good. (laughs) 